host Sam and Midge on Fandom Fair, a show where we discuss the same four things. <laughs> well, not today. We're discussing a, a, a few more than the same four a things. A few more than the same few, uh, four things, but we are talking about, you know, our shows just about general nerdy stuff. Yeah. No guests. No guests. This is the first time in a hot minute we've had no guests on the show. Usually we've had a best friend, best friend Sean, our roommate, and best friend Joe, or some eight DJs, but it's just yeah. me and Midge. The, the studio feels really empty right now. Yeah. Just the two of us, because we usually at least have Sean as a company. Yeah. Um, but just a quick little update for the weather today. Please. Right now it is 48 degrees, and it feels like 48, uh, and this will be the high for today, and it is a low of 37 today. So, um, should probably put on a jacket or something. Probably, yeah. It is a bitch. I know, like, jacket. It's not super cold, but, um, that's, that's snow. Uh, okay, yeah, it's, the weather's been a little wonky up here. It's been weird. Um, so, we're just gonna jump right into it. Right into it. So, we have some spoiler alerts for Mass Effect 2, the video game. The video game. Red versus Blue. Which is old. Which is old, um, (laughs) it's still ongoing. Surprisingly, yeah. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Not all of it, but, um probably all of it because we, we both read the manga yeah we both know what's going on uh stardust crusaders once again don't just bizarre adventure and the my hero academia manga uh, so first of all oh we we should oh. also talk about spider-verse across oh, the universe yes we're gonna talk about the trailer across the spider-verse yeah for spider-verse um so let's just jump into it with mass effect 2 so i've played this is not the first time i played mass effect 2 but it's midge's first time it is so midge tell me your thoughts i will tell you my thoughts Mass Effect too good. Um, so the first Mass Effect game, while having a compelling story, feels like underwhelming compared to its uh, sequel. I I pretty much vastly prefer the second game over the first at this point. Mass Effect two is my favorite of the trilogy, so it's like two, then three, then one. Yeah. So for so far, um, I'm also playing Mass Effect three right now. I hate those stupid rolls. Oh yeah, like the X button on the PS4 is both the cover button yeah and the roll button yeah so if you hit the the x too quickly or if you're not in behind cover you will roll you will funny roll you will a combat roll i um though uh i i really like the cast of this game well you know pretty much the cast i spent my time with and but the first game's cast will always have my heart because they continue to appear um it makes it really sad because like i almost kind of forgot that you don't get Rex ever again as a as a as a crewmate. As a crewmate, yeah. he he's only a crewmate in one. Yeah, it's not really a. It's not that big of a spoiler, but the only two characters that are on all three uh, crewmates for all three games is Garrus and Tali. Yeah, those are the only characters you will continuously get as crewmates. Liara took a break in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, to do Shadow Broker things. Shadow Broker things. And then in 3, she's back. And she's back! Um, like, I really like the- Oh, God. I really like the inclusion of characters like Zaid and Jack and Kasumi and Morden and Arya. Um, having those characters show up really, um, boosted my enjoyment. Not Jacob. Not Jacob. No one- oh, I have to send you the, the this you video essay video. on why Jacob is just- Because, to mm. be fair- I don't know a single Mass Effect fan who's like, yes, I like the the human characters, and those are the ones I take. No one takes the human characters. No, the aliens are just so much more compelling. Because you get to, like, as you talk more about, like, with them, you learn more about their culture and their history. 
Which we is know, fair. We know the humans. Like, the most she'll get is, like, the same two things about, like, just, oh, what what happened to progress human development or, like, you know, humans' involvement in certain, like, intergalactic wars. Right. It's not nearly as interesting as finding out about these new cultures and these new histories. So that's why I like it. And also, I mean, there are good human characters, like Zaid and Jack and Kasumi, who yeah. are very interesting because they're not... Okay, l- let me put it this. Yeah. Any character who is alliance military is boring. <laughs> Except for Anderson. We love Anderson. Except, but I mean, crewmate-wise. Yeah. Like, I never take Caden. I never take Ashley. Um, well, I mean, you you do as best as you can to get rid of Ashley as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I kill Ashley because she's xenophobic. And she's just really annoying. And uh, who else do I never take? Um, Jack, oh. Miranda, Jacob, sorry, Jacob, Miranda, Vega. I never, yeah, Vega is another Alliance military character I don't take. I don't take Jacob because, one, he's just boring, and two, as he, Grunt can do everything he can but better, so <laughs> g- gameplay-wise, Jacob becomes useless as soon as you get Grunt. Um, Miranda's okay. I mean, she's a little bit more... Anyone with a military background, because Jacob was part of the Alliance. Right. Military. He's boring. He's just going to tell me about more military stuff. And how, I don't like, uh, my dad. Yeah, he's like, oh, uh, whatever. I don't care. Like, Miranda's somewhat... Inter- like, she's kind of a, a birch tree. Yeah. Um, but she has, like, an interesting background, because you learn more about Cerberus via her. So, but i much rather learn that through Jack. Right, or someone right. someone who, who has been hurt by this corporation rather than someone who's benefited by it. Mm-hmm. Um, Zaid's interesting because you find out that he's part of the Blue Suns. Oh, yeah. I, I, because he doesn't mention that to you when you first meet him. So yeah. when that popped up, I was like, whoa. Yeah, that he made the Blue Suns a uh, mercenary group. Like, there's a, there are interesting human characters. It's just people who don't have military backgrounds. Someone like Kasumi is so enjoyable because she's one, she's a fun and cute character. You yeah, know, yeah, she's yeah. very lighthearted. But she also has a really interesting backstory as a thief and trying to find her um, her boyfriend's gray box, which is basically like the black box of the brain and it holds all of the memories. Ah, uh, yes, right, right, right. Yeah, like, that's way more interesting than whatever Jacob has to offer me compared to, uh, also the Aryans, but uh, the aliens. I said Aryans, oh my god. Um, you brought up how the side quests are vastly more fun to do. Oh, for sure. Because I remember, I, will, I remember uh, Sam mostly played one, I, she played some of two, and I'm mostly playing three, um, but I noticed how, like, boring and how it felt like a chore to you to do the first so game I, side of quests. When yeah. I was first replaying this over the summer, um, I had, I wanted to do as many side quests as humanly possible, because I want to, like, you know, rediscover this game. I haven't played it since I was a kid. Um, so I had, like, the wiki list up of each thing, but a lot of the side quests in one is driving around in the Mako and finding things. Like, at least in the second game, like, a lot of the first game is driving around the Mako. Because you'll see on the map in the one, there's, like, usually three points of, like, collection, a side quest, and, like, the main quest. Right, right, right. But, like, that's... It gets really tedious, and it's not even, like... Um, the characters you bring with you have, like, fun commentary. It's just silence. Because once it, it, this game is kind of a product of its time. It was made in 2006 or seven. it came out. Yeah, around then. I mean, it aged very well. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you go back and even look at the graphics for one, it aged pretty well for the time. I mean, it's listen, it's not great, but it it's not bad. But there is a lot more 
fun side quests in one because you're not driving around all the time. You know, it's usually you're just dropping in at like a mercenary drop point and taking out some mercs. And you know, the characters sometimes will have like funny quips. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more characters. I feel like they're talking a lot more in three, but maybe that's because I'm taking Bayor and Garrus everywhere because I have no other interesting crewmates. I mean, I just got Javik, but I haven't been able to play with him yet because I just saved right, right, like we stopped right after. I got Javik, Javik has some really funny lines about how he thinks the uh, spe- the current species are really stupid because spoiler, yeah. Javik is like fifty thousand years old because he's part of a dead race. He's a Prothean, yeah. Um, so he has like a lot of funny lines he'll think he'll tell you how stupid he thinks like uh certain <laughs> he's like oh i remember when like these primitives yeah he will call everyone primitives he's like oh i remember when um like solarians were frogs on trees oh yeah when they were like lizard yeah he's like i remember when they were lizards they ate he like looked at liar and whispered they ate flies yeah like <laughs> so good he's like i remember when humans were like pretty much apes so it, he he has some interesting insight, but he's very mean to everybody. He's so mean. Because he's the last of his race. And I think he will bring up on how he wants to restart the Prothean Empire. I'm just like, babe, how are you going to do that? Yeah, he's like, I'm going to remake this empire, but whatever. We're talking about two. Uh, so you said you like right. the smaller mechanics. I like the smaller mechanics, like the hacking mini games, And so they got rid of that in three. Like, I bypassed my first door, I think, yesterday. And I was just like, oh, I'm just standing here watching it go. Yeah, that makes me upset because I love the hacking mini games. I think it's just like a fun little thing. And I guess uh, in the resource management, you you know, I really like doing planet, uh, um, doing the planet stuff. Yeah. Like, with re- resource managing the planets. Uh, you got to kind of do that in 3, but it's only for, like, some stuff to, like, for war effort stuff. Yeah. I, I uh, feel like that kept it interesting between, like, fighting gangs and the collectors. Like, you do little stuff that's not necessarily, like, talking to people. Yeah, so here, I mean, it makes sense plot-wise because here's the difference. You were working for a company in 2. Yeah. So they were pretty much like, we gave you the resources. If you need more, go find on your own. Meanwhile, you're working for the military who will give you stuff who will give you stuff um so i guess it makes sense like lore wise or story wise but like gameplay wise it make me upset it was really fun and i liked i also like doing the resource management but i was like they could have at least kept the hacking thing yeah i would have liked the hacking thing i loved like i loved hacking like doors and stuff or just like um like data pads to either get information or money you kind of sometimes get data pads in three. Yeah, but you don't get to hack them. Yeah. You just get, like, data pads are just there to, like, read. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, money. No money. Um, um, the loyalty missions were all great. I loved all the loyalty missions, even, even Jacob's. Which, <laughs> okay, what's your favorite loyalty mission? I, um, oh my god, what's my favorite? Oh no. Hold on, I'll, let me pull up the cast list. I really do, I like Jax, for sure. Jax is fun. Jax is fun. Um... Uh, I like Th- I surprisingly do like Thane so I wish there was a bit more assassiny stuff in it um I think I actually did like Jacob's because I-, I find the idea intriguing I did not like how Jacob and also Garrus provided good commentary because we brought Garrus mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Garrus Garrus is of course I like Garrus because he's my favorite I, I-, I-, I like Tali's uh Samara's I-, I like the idea they put in there but like um, I think one of my f- I think one of my favorites is Samara's. Samara's is very cool because there's no like you're not fighting. It's a lot of just like yeah. Do you like have enough Thanes, speech? Yeah. Do you have enough speech points? Like Thanes, yeah, yeah. Except you were just falling around this one dude. Um, uh, and uh, I, I mean I like all of them. I just felt like if 
they were like spread out over multiple missions that would let you to get to know the characters that you don't really bring on missions or oh, no, talk I to. Re- I really like runs because that's when runs, you, you yes, fight the, uh, the, the, thresh- big, the thresher mall. The thresher mall. If, if that was like like maybe like perchance with uh, let's say Thanes, like you were tracking down his son across multiple planets. Yeah, that would. I mean, that was probably just due to like budgetary yeah. and time restrictions. Oh, I like Kasumi's. Kasumi's is one of my favorites Kasumi's too. Is good. Actually, because I think Kasumi's is my my favorite favorite. I think I've named everyone but Miranda. <laughs> Miranda's is where you have to go protect her mm-hmm. sister. Yeah. Um. But I did like Mar- I like just I like all of them. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I agree with you. I feel like, you don't get to spend as much time with characters because. I was talking to my stepdad about this because my stepdad got me to Mass Effect. Yes. So, and he he agreed with me. He's like, you kind of start to pick your favorites and you get a flow with certain characters and you get a solid team. Like, my team on any collector's mission is Zaid and Jack because they're oh, yeah. absolute powerhouses. Um, and they're good. Like, Jack is just good with crowd control and Zaid's got, you know, some powerhouse to bring uh, down collectors. The concussive shots. The concussive shots. Like, he, he just brings down characters really easily. Um, and he's our dad. He is my dad. Um, but I don't bring Jacob. He's relatively useless. Um, Samara's um so powerful, but like you, you, we, I, 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 I usually like I look back at him and like who should I bring? Yeah, I, I'm look, I'm just looking at the the characters now. Um, I, do, I never bring Morden. Morden. I never. I don't think I've. I think I bought Thane like once or twice. Yeah. Um. I'd never bring Jacob or Miranda. And you don't get to bring Legion, because Legion's, like, the last... He's your last boy. He's your last boy, and he comes at the tail end of the game. You don't... Like, you don't get him until the IFF mission, which is the countdown timer towards the last mission. Yeah. Because as soon as you do, you get the Reaper IFF, that's when, like, shortly after, that's when your crew gets captured. Right, right, Well, you do the IFF, you do his loyalty mission, and then you... That, like, the IFF starts the countdown towards the end game, and then you get the crew gets captured, and then you have to go uh, rescue them. Technically, you could bring Legion through the last end of the game as part of your, like, little crew, but you told me to bring Tali. Uh, what was it? Tali, Tali and Miranda. And Tali and Miranda. Because that's who I bought. I mean, they're, cause they're a solid team. They're, um, because I, I prefer having a fairly balanced team of one, of one tech, one biotic. Mm-hmm. Even though there are some non, because I like Zaid, he's not, he's neither, but he's like. Compared to Jacob. <laughs> compared to Jacob. Well, Jacob's a biotic. Oh, he is? But he sucks. He's he a biotic. Okay, hold on, just real quick. Can we talk about the fact that Jacob was like, I'm gonna go through the vents, and I'm not a tech. Yeah, like. So stupid. Like, that's why I'm gonna send you this video, because it points out, like, Jacob's character is just really stupid in the fact that he does stuff like that. Like, He's literally looking to unalive himself. Like, and here's another thing. Like, so, I don't know if you remember. As soon as you learn about the Reaper IFF, Jacob insists you go get it. Oh, yeah. If you get the Reaper IFF, that starts the countdown to the end game. So, if you do all the missions fairly, like, if you do story missions fairly consecutively, you're not prepared enough. Oh, no. And... So, I mean, you do have the option once the crew gets captured to wait more and be more prepared or go right away. The longer you wait, the more crew members die. Which is, I went almost right away. We went right away and we saved the entire crew. Right, yeah. Because I think, like, the main character that you will see is Chakwas. Chakwas. Like, she, um, she's like, oh, the crew's okay. 
my wife. The the longer you wait, the less crew crew members you uh you know, you right, have to right. save. So re- he's just such a bad character. Like he's poorly written. Um but yeah, I love the vibe of Mass Effect 2. It feels I love like the orange, like the orange and brown. It feels really kind of like grimy. I love finding pirates and gang members as side missions, as we said before. It's much more interesting than driving around the Mako. Um, there's fun DLC. Like, uh, you get the Project Firewalker, which is, like, the... Uh, oh, yeah, Project Firewalker. The, uh, the... I don't know. It's, a, it's like the Mako, but floaty. Yeah. It's like a drone that you it's get like to sit fly. in. It's a fly. <laughs> it's a fly thing. Um, but my favorite DLC is Project Overlord, which is great sci-fi horror, if I've ever seen... Which image I want your uh yes your your takes on Project Overlord because I mean oh, I I played a lot right. of it but uh what what, what were your that takes? was the horror type one right yeah that was the one where it was the rogue AI I use rogue AI kind of loosely here um mm-hmm. uh is taking over has took over like one of the Cerberus lab stations right right and you have to shut down the AI which you find out is actually um this guy's autistic brother. <laughs> Because he is a math savant, and he was able to talk to the Geth. He was able to replicate the Geth language, which is pretty much in binary. Right. It's a lot of, like, clicking, but, like, no, they speak through binary. And he was able to perfectly replicate and speak to Geth. And so they decide to copy him into a via, uh, an AI program. Oh, that poor boy. And uh, the I can't even, like, describe it, because the way you, he's revealed is so grotesque. Like, oh. he's basically, like, half-crucified. Yeah. And, like, just metal is, like, sticking out of everywhere, and his eyes are pried open shut, and he has, like, tubes in his mouth. It's gross. It's really gross, and I think it's, like, great sci-fi horror, because it's just so unsettling. Yeah. And one of my favorite genres of horror is science fiction horror. I... I I want your... I want... Because I did not want to spoil any of that uh, DLC free, because it's my favorite. (laughs) I wanted your thoughts on it. Oh. Like, overall story. God, I really liked it. Um, definitely. Oh, my God. So creepy with the um reveal of the poor guy at the end because like you get to see the like he's like showing you his I, memories yeah i i immediately felt like i was like oh this dude's sus <laughs> this i was like this dude's suspicious are you kidding me no why is he the only one alive still also as just someone who is neurodivergent i just wanted your a uh, genuine right gen, uh general opinion on was this executed well as like, having someone like... as autistic ah oh, god I don't know. It, it, definitely, it feels like, <laughs> pardon me for saying this, a hate crime <laughs> This poor boy. Like, the only reason they use this guy is because he somehow manages to communicate with the Geth. And I feel like it comes out of nowhere that he can do that. Well, it's like, they say it's because he's a math savant. Like, you know, you see him doing, like... Yeah, but, like, it's binary code. <laughs> Math. I don't know. Oh, math. Whatever. Because <laughs> I mean, this oh, not a math savant. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it is. God, I don't know. It it, it came it out twenty ten. It came out twenty ten. Twenty ten. Um, it just also feels like you can see how you know his brother, the main guy, is like feels upset about it at the end. But like, dude, you used your own brother for this. What's wrong with you? It it really feels like essentially. Um, it's not a good metaphor, I guess, what I'm th- or symbolic of what I'm thinking of, like, putting 
an autistic person somewhere where you like you don't have to deal with them essentially and they'll like do their own thing but like they don't want that they want to be treated like a person yeah because i mean a lot of even the speech options that shepherd has does there's a few speech options that you're like yeah you could keep him because this project is important that's silly but a lot of the speech options are like, what you're doing is terrible, you're abusing your brother. Which is inherently what he's doing, yes. Yeah, because, I mean, you even see him, like, he does yell at him because he's like, oh, I forgot what his brother's name is, but he's like, I need you to give me my notes. Because he's using his brother as, like, a tape recorder, too. Yeah, because he has an eidetic memory. Yeah. He has an eidetic memory, and he's, like, a matzabon, and he, you know. I, I just wanted your, your overall opinion on, like, representation of an autistic character or someone right. who's, like, neurodivergent. I feel like I hated how it, he was used as a horror trope and how um, he was essentially the villain of the thing. He's a tragic character, but he's still the villain, technically, of the overall DLC because he's, you know, he's the main person you're technically fighting. Mm-hmm. It, it It's off. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. I mean, I I think it's a fun DLC and I like the horror, but I, oh, wa- yeah. I, I just wanted your your opinion on... Like, how they used an autistic person. I don't... Okay, that, that was it. I just, wanted, I just wanted your opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of... Uh, there's var- more variety in enemies where you get to play a lot against more uh, mercenary groups. There's a lot more aliens. Um, because, like, the Vorcha and the Batarians oh, yeah. are not in the first game. Um, they get introduced in this game. And it's not just finding Geth and the Mako. And also we get to romance scares in this game. Yeah! Uh, so... Let's move on to Red vs. Blue. I was extremely late to the game on Red vs. Blue. I think I tried watching it a few years ago, and I just never got back to it. Mm-hmm. Like, literally the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, after probably three months, and maybe in a few years of saying that I'll watch it, I finally started watching Red vs. Blue. We're still in the middle of season 10 right now. We never went back to it. Um, we'll watch it later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to it. I was led to believe that it'll be, like, comedy in the first season. And then the AIs and tech show up. And, like, the blood gulch. I'm like, oh, hello. It's getting a little serious now. Um, so the growing cast of characters are endearing and hilarious. Uh, my favorite arc so far is still Church's time travel adventure. I really like that arc a lot. I'm also really enjoying the freelancer saga so far. Um, just seeing Monty's animation style... Knowing that it was him who animated it here just made my Ruby fan heart soar. Because, ah, it's Monty's art style. Like, specifically, I don't remember who it is with the minigun, but, like, I was just like, oh, Velvet. Uh, not Velvet, sorry. Coco, Coco, there she is. Yeah, oh, I forgot. <laughs> was, what f- it, was it Carolina? Yeah, I think that's that was a Carolina. I was just like, oh, it's Coco. <laughs> yeah, um, because, I mean, Monty was originally hired um, for Red vs. Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he has an inf- he had an infamous video on YouTube uh, the Samus the Samus versus Master Chief yeah that was that that video blew up on early YouTube when things could still go viral yeah. uh, but that video blew up on uh, on YouTube and so they reached out to Monty which actually did you know he was a high school dropout I did not know that he, was no. high school, he he dropped out of high school and he pursued animation and then so they asked him to come on Red versus Blue to animate. Uh, the, their CGI fight scenes, and his fight style is absolutely iconic. Oh which, yeah! Unfortunately, I feel like they cannot replicate in the later seasons of Ruby, because there is a little bit, and I see them trying to do it, but it just does not have the same oomph, oomph, and flow that like seasons one through three had. Because 
you could even tell um i think i heard this in like a in a commentary video mm-hmm. or i read it somewhere that they were working on the cinder versus pure fight back when season when volume two was coming out or they were finishing uh, production for volume two monty was already illustrating uh, the fight scene for pure versus cinder one of the i think one of the best fight scenes of ruby is in the first season when it's juniper and ruby fighting against the nevermore and the um the scorpion thing oh yeah i forgot what it's called that's one of the best fights in the the series and i feel uh, and it's not i don't i'm not hating on the animators at all because you know after monty's death um it it hit them hard yeah and what annoys me with the ruby fandom is that they continuous anytime they don't like anything they bring monty's name into it yeah. and like monty wouldn't have wanted this no he had this show scripted out like i'm i remember uh i think i think it was on a podcast or something or they were doing like a live stream for ruby and bernie like he pitched the idea to bernie and he's like yeah and like and then season seven he's like okay can we get past like see if season one like <laughs> does well and unfortunately because ruby is like their moneymaker now red versus blue has been pushed to the sideline <sighs> and i feel like their story has suffered because of that but i'll, yeah. I'll let you finish talking about red versus like, blue back to the animation like it's quick-paced and creative and over the top the voices like somehow never get old like it doesn't feel like it was recorded like all the way back in 2003 for the first part because it's like it makes sense that they're a little crackly and because they're in like helmets yeah and the seamless transition but in, in season eight specifically between gameplay and animation like with the text fight i think it is uh no i believe it is the it's there there's a text fight but there's also the washington and maine versus the reds fight right oh my god that, so that was well the done. scene you were freaking out over yeah i was like oh because it is the um it's Wash and Maine versus the Reds. Wash is also, like, what, my favorite character. <laughs> I I knew you were I going love to love Wash, because I, I adore Washington. He's one of my oh, favorite he's characters. He's so good and a loser, and I loved him. Because I love, like, you know, he's such, like, a cool, like, I can't say the word. Like, he's just a cool dude. He's just a cool freelance. Like, you see him, he's, like, this epic freelancer, and he's, like, you know, taking <laughs> names and kicking butt in, like, seasons of... Uh, was it six seven and eight yeah and then you see him compared to the other freelancers and he's a total loser he's such a loser and i love him he's a loser and he's dork and he's kind of a bad freelancer yeah he's not as good i mean compared to carolina yeah like he's still like the top like what 10 uh, i believe they have it up until the top eight eight he's still in the top eight but he's at like the bottom of the he's he's number six yeah because north and uh, south and north. Yeah, let me let me see if I could find like the free uh, freelancer. Um, but like, score. okay, going while she's doing that, like the humor doesn't feel dated despite it being from pretty much the last two decades. And like with the plot, I'm like constantly on the edge of my seat, like, whoa, where's it gonna go next? Where's it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? Um, like the more offensive, like you wrote that, like the more offensive jokes like still hold up. Yeah, like which it, is impressive. Like it, their their humor never gets like so offensive where it's like, ooh, that didn't age well. Yeah, like I, I, I guess you've been, oh, I've been getting used to more offensive humor over because time. you spend time around me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like they're off- and also we watch like a lot of Always Sunny, yeah. which is really offensive humor. But uh, there's like a whole thing with Always Sunny that I watch, like why they're they're offensive jokes, like. Like how they how they work their offensive jokes is that they play both sides of like topics. Like, there's like two episodes on gun control where they play both. They make fun of both sides of the argument. Right. Which is why their that humor kind of works. But the red versus blue humor is simultaneously slapstick, 
but they do have like offensive jokes thrown in there like the sexuality of donut yeah like, i mean as a queer person it's funny to me yeah like that's funny and i feel like it's like lighthearted. like they're never like bashing donut because he's probably gay it's just the fact that he keeps making these innuendos like he makes these innuendos and double entendres that are like super like gay he doesn't even realize he's doing it yeah like and it's funny and it's played well like yeah it's it's like like somewhat offensive but it's never like ooh, that's like a bad joke yeah it's funny i mean like they have like the arsler but like yeah i don't know i think like no I have ADD. You know. You're autistic. Okay. We can't. Like, it's, I'm, I'm not going to drop it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, like, I, I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, but, like, like I said, they never, like, drop slurs, like, really. Insane. Like, they never drop, like, really bad slurs. No. Or, like, they never make, their offensive humor is never, like, over the top offensive. It's yeah. very subtle. And it's, like, kind of tasteful. And it's funny. And I did pull up the um, list. Yeah. So it is Texas, Carolina, York, Wyoming, North, Wash, Maine, and South. Ah. So Wash is number six. Yeah. Like, oh, back to the freelancers. I really like how we were getting more information on, like, specifically Maine. I was always like, why doesn't this dude talk? Yeah, he got shot in the throat. He got shot in the throat. Like, a bunch of times. And I was like, I was curious about, I didn't realize CT would be a freelancer, but CT, and I didn't know, obviously CT's, um boy um like whole yeah her boy and it, when we first meet ct when we're like with the red team and, and during uh, the and, recollection boost yeah and uh tucker uh obviously she has like a vocal filter over her voice because like i thought ct was a man and then the freelancer chronicle comes and looks like ct you're here uh <laughs> and the fact that like wash knew ct uh, i was just like oh freelancer yeah uh, and then, yeah, the whole thing with CT being a traitor, I'm just like, ah, oh, that's good. That explains why. Because <laughs> it's like, with the whole freelancer thing, like, some of these people don't get the AIs. Like, South, 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 and CT. And well, Maine had to be given one by Carolina. Well, like, I Wash said, I mean, South said to him. Yeah. And I Wash said also said this. After Wash gets Epsilon, they stop doing the AIs. Because it really went insane with... You'll see, like... The, I'll see it there. You get to see the extent of Wash's trauma soon, because season 10... Like, season 9, it's a little bit of the freelancers. Um, season 10 is where you get to see more of the AIs. Like, you see Theta. Yeah. And um, at the end of season 9, you get Delta, which now we see Delta more in season 10. And Sigma. And Sigma. <laughs> Sigma male. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Sigma, who is voiced by... Uh, Oh my god, what's Elijah it? Wood. Elijah Wood. Which sent me into a frenzy. Elijah Wood? Yeah, I go, yeah, Sigma is voiced by, um, uh, who's Frodo? Frodo Baggins. And you're like, wait, Frodo? I was like, oh, yeah, Elijah Wood. And I yeah. went, what? Yeah, and they actually, um, they animated Sigma's face to look a little bit more like Elijah. <laughs> That's insane. Also, I keep forgetting Elijah Wood voices, um, what's his face in mm. uh, Over the Garden Wall. Oh, yeah. Wirt. He voices Wirt in Over the Garden Wall. Yeah, because uh, Elijah Wirt's voices, um, a character in Psychonauts 2, and I remember I was watching some stream and they were like, wait, that's Elijah Wood, and then at the very end it's like, yeah, they wouldn't just use Elijah Wood on this minor character I feel like, who turned out to be the villain. <laughs> I feel like after um, Lord of the Rings, Elijah Wood's movie career didn't soar that well. Yeah. And he did a lot more voice acting, which he has a nice voice, so yeah. I don't complain. Um, 
but yeah we also kind of see like the starts of like where the meta is happening yeah. with sigma i can't believe church is actually like southern oh yeah like the, <laughs> i'm not over it and he gets a and he grows a gro- goatee <laughs> yeah and a lot of like it's good but i love the absolute heart-wrenching story between church and text oh. which i had cried and i thought you like we well we finished tearing up we finished season uh eight and you go i'm not supposed to cry on this part like wait till the end of season nine where he goes i forget you oh well she's like he's like three words and she's like don't tell me you're gonna say i love you and he's like no i'm not gonna say i love you i forget you and i was like (sighs) oh don't slam (laughs) you no uh which i forgot i used a lot of them like when i was um an acting class i took a lot of monologues (laughs) from red versus blue to do monologues for like i took i took the i forget you monologue i took for a short monologue i did the um wash's monologue at the end of season six or seven where mm-hmm. he goes i've been like for as long as i can remember I go, i've been betrayed shot in the back what and left for dead what makes you think that i'm going to ask um i did that for like a short monologue uh but yeah i did all, i did like the of church the monologue of church going into the episode unit i did that like yeah. there's a lot of great monologues in that show especially from church yeah also his beginning monologue in season nine. Oh yeah where he's like i'm getting into where it's like church church come here it's like okay let me start again yeah and then he's like and he's just like cursing of a storm i love church is one so of good. church is one of my favorite blues i love, I love all the blue like i'm a huge blue team me fan. too i love them and here's my argument for i love blue team uh-huh. i'm like there's where that's the plot that's it. Blue team has the red, pl- red team acknowledges it too. Yeah, like they acknowledge that blue team is where the plot they is. They got all the stuff going on. Blue team always has where the plot is and the red is the the reds are the comedic yeah. relief. Which okay, what's your what's your favorite blue and what's your favorite red? Uh favorite blue if we're uh, not counting wash. Um so church. <laughs> okay. Favorite red. Uh I really like Griff. Okay, okay, we have like the same We are the same. We are we're the, the same. same. Like Caboose was my favorite for the longest oh, time. I love, I love them all. But I, Church and Griff. I love Griff. You're gonna... Oh, Tucker gets this beautiful character arc eee. in seasons 11 through 13, which is my favorite arc. Right. And then season 14 is a little bit of an anthology series, and okay. we get to see... There's a whole Locus and Felix backstory, <gasps> which I was like... Losing. I think I've seen GIFs of the animation. Yeah, you'll... It's them without their armor on. I've yep, seen that. it's one when they're just like plain old mercenaries. I've, se- I've seen them in like a limo or something? Yep. Uh, and then there is... there's a They do a gender bend one, where oh? the reds and blues are gender bend. Oh? And uh, Tex is a dude. <laughs> oh! Uh, yeah, there's some really good... They're kind of hits or misses in the uh, the anthology arc. That's interesting. And then uh, I watched like half of the Shiz- uh, the Shizno arc. It was uh-huh. okay. God, you saying Shizno sounds like it's gonna be a slur. It's not. A, I promise you, it's not a slur. It's a red versus blue thing. <laughs> um, but FCC, yeah. don't please, please. I'm. It's not a slur. It's a. It's a word that they made up. Um, but yeah, I still love all like rewatching uh, se- the seasons. I let you watch seasons one through four, one through five, one through five by yourself. And, and but rewatching it, I'm like, oh my god, I still love all these characters, and I love the arcs and the fight scenes. Just like give me chills watching it still because it's so beautifully animated. Yeah. Um, but I love it very much, and I think this is a perfect time to yes. go and break, where we will come back and we'll talk about JoJo, and we will talk about um, uh, My Hero Academia. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, have a good break. <laughs> yep. Hello. And we're back. 
with uh, Sam and, and Midge. Midge and uh, Fan Affair. Fan Affair. And that was um, <laughs> one of my favorite Panic songs. Until God and then we'll talk. Yeah, that's a great song. Uh, I really like it. We were just singing our we, we like, to it. We were like, love that song. Now I'm like all hyped. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about JoJo. We're talking about JoJo. So first we'll start off with Stone Ocean. Stone which- Ocean, the first 12 episodes of it came out on the first. And I think they're going to put out another 12 episodes in January. I think. I don't know how it works. Uh so we are about seven episodes in so about. far. I think we're in the middle of the seventh episode. Yeah, because we, I, we I, haven't gotten to Foo Fighters yet. Yeah, I had two round and go up to therapy. Yes. So we weren't able to finish the seventh episode, but we're about halfway um, through. Yeah. So far, it's pretty a uh, faithful ad- adaptation. Jojo often is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know David Production. We were talking about this when we were watching Stardust Crusaders, like back in October. Yeah. Um, because some people. <laughs> I won't name names. <laughs> doesn't like JoJo and how gross it can get. I'm like, well, this was the 80s. And David Productions is doing as faithful as an adapta- ad- ad- adaptation, adaptation to the manga as they can, which means some of the less desirable things, but they also do all the funny poses. They do all the funny poses! Yeah, like, David Production is doing as closely to the manga as possible. Like Literally. Like, down to, like, how many mudas Jorna lets out when he's fighting Chocolata. Really? Down to that. Yeah. Yeah, like, so they're really... I think the English dub actor did that. Or is the Japanese uh, dub. I'm not sure who did, but... Yeah, yeah like, like to all the absurdity and uh, weird stuff, they're really doing as close to the manga as possible. We both read Stone Ocean. Yes. We read Stone Ocean, like, back after... Like, the start of, like, the summer where the pandemic started. Yeah. Yeah, because we had nothing to do, so we started reading <laughs> Stone Ocean because we were like, we're, we don't know when this is going to get animated. Yeah, um, and they got animated. Then it got animated, Yay. so it's... I, I'm really liking it f- so far. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not... I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Jolene's dub. I know. I love Kara Buckland, though. She's a little raspy for Jolene. You're really thinking of the Eyes of Heaven voice, well, how high it was? I, I guess I am. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, we haven't listened to um, the, the, Jap- su- the Japanese yet. Yeah, we're watching it in dub. Because we're, because um, we like dub better. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say, I'm not saying dub supremacy because there's some awful dubs. <coughs> oh, turn oh, up. Um, Ghost stories. Like, there are bad dubs. Oh, for sure. But I have to watch dubs because I will get a splitting migraine if I try to watch sub. And I like to do things with my hands. Me too. I, I often so like we to. we can't do sub, guys. I, yeah, I can't do sub i have add i need to like draw <laughs> when i'm like watching anime um or i like to play solitaire yeah so i the dub voice i like Hermes. yeah um, oh Hermes. uh tiana camacho i think yeah she does i really like her Hermes. oh always it's always matt mercer's a great general <laughs> matt mercer's killing it as once again uh we haven't met Poochie just yet i don't believe uh we heard him through white snake yeah we heard him through white snake which I, is pale snake pale snake in the dub. Um, let's see if I can pull up. Uh, and I have to say the the names yes, aren't as it. bad. Yeah, like uh, I still know it being. They tend to like name the stand at least in uh, part five and part six after the uh, the title. Like instead of golden experience, it's golden wind in part five, and mm. it's stone ocean here instead of stone free. It's yeah. not too different. No. Like, um, so we have Stone Ocean, um... We have, um, Ernie's Pale, Pale Snake, Snake, uh, Smack. Yeah, it's instead of Kiss, it's Smack. I think Food Fighters is just FF. 
we all knew Foo Fighters was gonna be just FF. Um, we haven't been introduced to Emporio since uh, weather reports, weather forecast. We haven't gotten to him yet, but he is played by um, oh, is he played by English? I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be played by Sam Regal. Oh, um, we haven't heard Anasui yet. Um, but apparently he just doesn't say lines in this part, because I think something up with Daisuke Namakawa, his Japanese voice actor, Mm -hmm. happened. Um, I think something, I'm not gonna say it. It's something controversial. They might be getting rid of that, and they haven't casted anything for any other dubs. I'm pretty sure Sam Regal's supposed to be playing Weather Report, though. They might have changed it. I thought I saw it in, like, the Wikipedia. Let me see. Um, uh, there it is. I'm pretty sure... I thought I saw Sam Regal's name on here. That's, uh, of course, uh, Dio's gonna show up eventually. We haven't gotten to him. I swore. Okay, it's Patrick Sites, right? Yes, of course, Patrick. Let's go. Uh, we um, let's see. Clifford Chapman played a Romeo. Yeah, like (laughs) I was like, that's Bakugo. (laughs) And then Todoroki showed up as John Gallier with his fat butt. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say the actual what I want to say. Okay. Yeah, he's. Caked. He's caked. Um, so Poochie's played by Yong Ye. I've never heard of this voice actor before, but what we've heard from uh, Poochie so far through Pale Snake's pretty good. I I guess I swore it was Sam Regal last I checked the Wikipedia, but now it's Stephen Fu. I'm sorry, I just want to bring up really quickly <laughs> that Jill, our friend who does not like JoJo. Uh, I wonder who we were talking about before. Sends uh, us <laughs> gifts of John Gelly and going, why is this man so caked? Because <laughs> I remember when we were watching, I was like, damn. He's caked up, up on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> it uh, was insane. We were just like, I was just like, I don't remember him. I think it was that caked in the manga. I, I have no was. idea. It's so, been a while. Whatever. Um, um, Stone Ocean good. Stone Ocean good. Uh, the fight scene's pretty good so yeah, far. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how they, I can see a better, ha- better handle on the fight scenes. Because Araki's fight scenes can get complicated. <laughs> Part eight. Um, so, uh. Quickly, I rewatched Stardust Crusaders you did, with and your it, brother. with my brother because my brother is really he loves playing Roblox, so he was watching. Um, he's playing like this JoJo Roblox game, and I'm like, it's based on an anime. I'm like, do you want to watch it? And he's like, yeah. So we watched Stardust Crusaders um, over the past. I mean, we started watching it, but we finished it over this past week. Yeah. Um, and it gave me a little appreciation for the story or lack thereof. Uh, that this arc is like Stardust is carried by the fights less than the characters and oh, the, the for story. Sure. But I really love all the characters, and I also stand by the fact that I would kill for at least one filler episode <laughs> to yeah. just see the characters beach having- Beach episode, f- beach episode, beach episode. I want a beach episode, all right? Um, Proper beach episode, not what part five gave us. Yeah, also, like, Iggy's death is Ooh. sad I, because of Polnareff's reaction. It, it's what they always say. You're not sad because of what happens, but about the, their loved one's reactions. Yeah, like, and also, like, just kind of Kakumin's death always hits me a little bit later. And also, the whiplash I got, because we immediately started Diamonds Unbreakable mm-hmm. right after, I was like, oh, I'm still processing part part three again. <laughs> um, but I forgot there were so many good fights, so I'm yeah. just going to list off some of my favorites, which is Kagumi versus Jotaro, uh, Centerfold, which is my favorite I fight. I will stand by that. I love the Centerfold fight. The Lover's fight was actually pretty good. Yeah. Death 13, 13, Anubis. I love the Anubis fight. Yeah. We had to skip the Mariah fight and the Alessi fight due to them being a little inappropriate for my nine-year-old brother's eyeballs. <laughs> Um, so we got, uh, we got a couple minutes left and I'll let Midge take it away. Oh god, so I'm not gonna go full force on talking about All I have to know is Star and Stripes, the number one American hero, is Kaplui, and she, like, uh, managed to get rid of a bunch of, um, uh, uh, one for, 
nope, all for one's um, quirks. So he's like down and out. He's kind of down and out. But anyway, so at the end of chapter three three thirty five, we saw it was like um, uh, all for one was like I have many friends, and it went to Tolru. We knew it was her because of her gloves. But it was a funny little misdirection. So at the beginning of the chapter of three thirty six, we see the kids training, and Bakugo's like I'm gonna whatever. Bakugo does his thing. They're they're training. They're talking about stuff, and then we see Toru in the forest, like around UA. Mm-hmm. And at the end of chapter, so you know, we all thought the traitor was her originally. So it turns out, drum roll, please. It, it was Aoyama, <laughs> which it, there was a theory earlier. Uh, oh yeah, a couple you know, a couple arcs ago that it was Aoyama being the traitor. Yeah. Because, um, okay, so it turns out that he was born quirkless, just like Midoriya, but instead of living with that, like, how Midoriya lived with his quirklessness up until he was, like, 15 and then All Might and stuff, uh, his parents made a deal with All for One to give him a quirk, a quirk that doesn't work with his body, because it was never meant to be there in the first place, and, like, I, Naval Laser hurts him, so I think it set, sets up the possibility that Aoyama could die from it, even though he does have the belt, and thus erase, like, that was sort of All for One's, like, plan was like oh it'll erase the concept that like he'll be a traitor at all um but anyway we see that like his family is now in debt to all for one and that's why Aoyama has been acting as an informant for the super villain even though he does not want to like he's tearing up and he's crying as he's like uh, he's like Midoriya I didn't want to do this oh, and like his parents literally say you have to save us he's 16 Jesus he's 16 he may be a hero and like, this boy did not want... This boy was forced into it. Like, I don't know if he ever... He asked his parents for a quirk or not. But, like, he had no choice in the matter. It just happened to him, man. And now he's forced to, like, be an informant for the worst supervillain in the world. It's... Oh, my God. I, I knew... I saw leaks for it back on Thursday when it was, like, circling around. But I wanted confirmation. And I checked early this morning and I freaked my... Yeah, you ran over to my bed, hit my leg, and... I, I think I hit Joe's leg, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you hit, uh, you hit Joe's leg, which you were like, Ayama's the traitor. And I was like, oh. And I was like, your mouth was just wide open as I was explaining this yeah, to you. Yeah, and, and, and as you were talking, I was looking up who Ayama was because I needed to make sure I was thinking of the right character. Belly button boy. I was like, it's the blonde one, right? I'm like, yeah, it it's is. It's the belly button boy. Yeah, I was like, I want to make sure I was, like, thinking of the right character, like, but... This puts a lot of everything, like, about Aoyama into perspective. Like, we saw this bit of him and his mom when, like, All Might was, like, fighting All for One at Kamino. And, like, it like it was almost, like, complete... Like, I'm gonna look back then and be like, was that complete relief on their faces that All for One could die here and then they'd be free of their debt? Oh, jeez. Because they've been, like, probably stuck with this since, like, Aoyama was, like, a little kid. Because we see him as a little kid get his, like, belt that he uses... For his quirk, because it's like literally destroying his stomach. Yeah. Because it's it's not supposed to be there. Like if he got his quirk from the beginning, he's always had his quirk. His body would have developed in a way that it could handle that. Like that's not how quir- quirks aren't supposed to hurt you. They're part of who you are. Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Like, putting introspective on why his stomach hurts. Yeah. No poor boy. Like I guess um sometimes like like Bakugo he doesn't get hurt by his explosions. Yeah. Like, and I guess it makes sense with Uraraka that she gets, like, nauseous because she's literally floating in the air, and that's not how, like, humans work generally. Yeah. But, like, God. Poor Aoyama. Uh, oh, wait, we should talk, like, a bit about Spider-Verse. Oh, well, we have, like, three minutes. Yeah, also. we do. Spider-Verse trailer good. 
The Spider-Verse trailer is really good. Miles and Gwen are a little bit more grown up. And Spider, uh, Spider-Man uh, 2099. Miguel O'Hara. Who is Oscar Isaac. Who's getting voiced by Oscar Isaac is in it. And it's part one. Part out one. Of, out of two. Two. I, two. two or three. Two. Or I, I'm assuming. Who knows? But the trailer was very good. The animation is gorgeous as always. Like of the course. first movie was. God. And I'm very excited. So uh, thank you for listening to Fandom Fair with Sam and Midge. Yay! If you want to... If you didn't catch this episode, or if you want to listen to some other episodes, if you'd like, we are on uh, Google Podcasts and Spotify, Spotify. at Fandom Fair, F-A-N-D-O-M-F-A-R-E, and manage the socials. Our Twitter is the same as our Spotify and Google Podcasts, F-A-N-D-O-M-F-A-R-E, and then for Instagram, you just put a little underscore between um, the M and the, and the, uh, the second, second F. F. So... Thank you for joining us on 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair. That's where we are. Um, brush your teeth. Clean your teeth. Uh, uh, take a shower. Yep. You're a little stinky. Just drink some water. We love you and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Yep. You're a little stinky. Just drink some water. We love you and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.